This is the RunPod option. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. And I'm Jeff. You can follow us on Twitter at RunPodOption or email us RunPodOption at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Fifth Quarter Network, fifthquarter.net. You can get the access to the forums, to Discord that we're actually recording in right now. And there's actually some really good articles on there too. So we've been away for a month. The last thing we talked about had a big old coach conversation, all the new coaches. And then the Michigan State and Colorado stuff happened. So we won't really touch on that. We'll just <laughs> we'll, we'll meet back up on that when we get to previews maybe later on this off season. Gentlemen, how's your month been? I can't complain. Um house is almost done, so that's fun. How's the new studio coming along? They got the granite for the new studio poured poured. <laughs> Yeah, we skipped out on granite in our kitchen and just put it into that third bedroom. Yeah, just it's solely <laughs> floors, for recording. The floors, the walls, everything it's is granite. It's all granite room. <laughs> Sound dampening, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> the window fixtures, when I try to like lift it, it's real fucking heavy. Yeah, but you can cut carrots <laughs> on your walls, which is super useful. <laughs> yes. Jeff, how have you been? You know, uh, I've been really, I think I've... Uh, Kind of got out of my February depression. I've been watching the XFL to get by, so that is depressing. It's going. Why is that getting you by? Well, I watched. I don't know if you all saw the uh, St. Louis fans build a giant stadium long beer funnel today. So that's kind of how it's been. Oh, that's fun. God, the <laughs> amount of the amount of foam that must be coming out of that to travel so far is just got to be awful. They're just happy to have football back after the Rams decided to leave them. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So on the deck today, what we're going to be discussing is uh, some transfer and recruiting talk, maybe some specific players, some overall classes, and especially the first topic here, we're going to talk about the one-time exception transfer policy that kind of popped up, would you say about a month and a half ago, Jeff, when it, yeah. it was the Big Ten that led it? Yeah, I think the Big Ten was the first first conference that really started advocating. Yeah, I want to say the Big the Big Ten and then the ACC followed suit pretty quickly after, and I'm not sure if any other conferences have stepped up, but Kyle, I know you're in the dark on this, so to kind of just explain the rule. Okay. So every NCAA-sponsored sport, except for football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, and men's ice hockey, already have this one-time exception. And it basically allows a student one free transfer without having to sit out a year. So if you are a women's field hockey player for John Hopkins yes. and you want to transfer to Pitt, then you can make that transfer one time without penalty and play that next season. Okay. So they want to institute it across all other sports, including football, the one we're going to be discussing today. Uh, some of the potential hangups... The one-time exception requires athletes that they need to be released by their previous school in order to play. If you'll remember, the whole reason the transfer portal happened is because that same rule used to be at the beginning of a transfer negotiation, and a coach could just dick a player and say, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, Tua, or or whoever, right? Um, No, we're not going to even let you get to talk to teams to transfer. We're just going to say no now. And that rule was basically gotten rid of by the transfer portal, but there's still that exception 
in this one-time transfer policy rule. That's really the only hang-up I saw, but I also saw a lot of people putting their opinion on that, that it wouldn't be worth it for most schools or coaches, the bad press, if they decided to effectively block a transfer. Yeah, except for those teams that are kind of immune to bad press, like Alabama. Yeah, yeah, or the coaches that are above it all. Yeah, like Saban wouldn't care. Like, was he gonna say, "Oh, you're not gonna come to our school now? Nobody's gonna come to our school now, even though we win all the time." Yeah, whatever. He's he'd be fine with saying, "No, you can't. I'm not releasing you." Yeah, currently the only real restriction that exists for those sports that allow this one-time exception are interconference moves, which should exist. I think we all agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be able to be Purdue and decide the next year that you want to be Indiana and not sit out a year at least. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Cause I mean, now does, does it say anything about like coaches kind of co- contacting players and saying, Hey, I could like prior to them even thinking about transferring. Cause I could see that being an issue. I want Jeff to chime in a little bit here only because there's not as much language. There's, uh, uh, let me, let me rephrase that. The NCAA has rules for tampering anyways, right? Mm -hmm. So technically we all know that when name any big player, uh, Cam is a good one, right? That those coaches weren't actually able to contact him before he made his transfer decision. But we also know that there's money men and bag men and everything else that can do that talking for or on behalf of those coaches. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the big criticisms that I heard from, and it wasn't a criticism from Andy Staples, but he spoke about it on his show because everyone just said, well, what's going to keep any player that is a standout at the G5 level just transferring up and making the rich richer? And that already kind of happens anyways. Right. So like, yeah, I don't don't think it's going to change that much, but I don't think without them entering the transfer portal, those talks aren't allowed to be had. If, if I'm correct, I think I'm not a hundred percent there. I'm 99% there though. I feel like there'd be a greater chance for, you know, those money men to kind of get involved in a situation like this where, this player could have an immediate impact the next year. You know, it, it how much of a how much of a of a windfall is it for you to go and right now go and behind behind closed doors talk to somebody and then have them transfer in and have to sit out a year and then you don't know what your team is really going to look like the year after that. Hmm. Right now, if you could, it's almost like an NFL free agency at that point where you could be like, hey. You come over here. We're gonna we're gonna have a legit shot at winning this thing next year, or winning the conference, or you know. Ugh. I think that I think that already exists though, in in your normal recruiting. I, I think if if anything, kind of to 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 build your argument here, if I'm Alabama and I have a limited amount of scholarships, right? I'm not supposed to be signing all twenty five or thirty because I know that five or six of them are going to leave because there's only. There's only 22 starters on the offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have your fourth choice quarterback. How receptive is that kid going to be? Who's probably a standout at their high school 
when you say, hey, listen, uh, Bill, I'm just going to use Bill, very common name, Bill. Uh, hey, Bill, we can't offer you a scholarship. You can walk on here if you want, but why don't you accept Tulsa's offer to be their quarterback? And if we like what we see, then you're welcome to come through this door. I think, in a way, that happens already. That's I, that's not really what I was describing, though. I'm sorry. Describe it again. Maybe I, yeah, I'm just... So, so I'm talking about, so you have a kid that's playing, that's a really effective player already at, let's say, Utah. And you've got a team that's maybe on the lower, Tennessee. And they're... They're looking at at, uh, at this kid and be like, you know what? If we get him next year, we can we can make a real run at this. Not ha- go get him right now, have him sit a year, and then have him be on that ne- the year afterwards. Not a graduate transfer. He's like a sophomore, and you can get him to play next year. And you think that you have the team that can really challenge for that SEC East title, or maybe challenge for the full SEC. Right now, so, you don't have the uh, you don't have the incentive for these money men or bag men, is what you called them, you know, to go back and engage behind closed doors for fear of that of uh, you know of that being found for tampering. But if you can guarantee that these guys can come in like the very next year, you're going to have more of that because there is an actual you can get them that next year. Okay, so I think I understand your argument. Jeff, do you understand his argument? Are you so when you say next year, you mean like you're not looking for an immediate transfer like Justin Fields, but you're basically saying like we can take you and you can redshirt, and then we'll have no, to- no, no. What I'm saying is that like we're in the middle of October, and you're seeing this kid that's that's, that's killing it mm-hmm. for for Utah. You start gotcha. talking to him then. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And then get him to transfer in the (laughs) offseason straight to you because you're like, we can kill it next year. Okay, I kept picturing it from like before he commits to Utah in this scenario. And I was like, why wouldn't they just let him sit a year? I don't understand why they wouldn't. No, 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 no. This is the whole, this is the whole, you get an immediate transfer, no, you don't have to sit out a year. I feel like you'd have people contacting players that are having like a great year midway through the season trying to get them to transfer the next year. I think that's a valid concern, that scenario specifically. And, and I don't want to be dismissive about mm-hmm. it, but I I think if using Bill as the example still at Utah, if he's that good, he has all the power in that, right? Oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're still you're still discussing whether or not they can tamper, though, right? We just want don't want yeah. them to tamper. We're, if, yeah, I just feel like this is going to get like right now. I feel there is a, it's it's opening a door that otherwise might not be there. There, yeah, it gives them extra incentive to tamper at this point. Okay, yeah. I think I think my only counter argument. Go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead, Ed. And my only counter argument is I think that the NCAA still has teeth. So I think it will prevent a lot of programs from doing that. But I also think what this might do from a career perspective for people that want to be in coaches or I'm sorry, want to be coaches or in the sports or athletic college athletics industry. This is kind of a a legal opening. It's basically a secondary scout team, potentially, depending on the program Mm -hmm. that they would have, which I think is pretty neat. That would be nice. I think it's cool that like, cause you already hear about 
uh, the Clemsons of the world and even your smaller schools where they have one or two guys whose literal only job is to log in and look at the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And all they do is watch the transfer portal. And then when they see a guy that they think can contribute, they can pass it on to the coach and say, hey, look, um, here's this receiver from uh, Clemson. We think he could. he's in the transfer portal. Let's talk to him. He's ready to leave Clemson. Let's do it. Do you think I, that you'd get to a point where you'd have people like – You'd be watching a watching a game for like a, a mid major team, and Ooh. you'd be like, "Oh man, there's a there's a couple scouts out here from other teams." <laughs> you know, uh, it's a uh, it's Petrino. Petrino's just, he's skipping his own game to go scout a player. But but if you're talking about this whole new team of scouts that's that's brand new to the to the uh, to the to the universities. Maybe that's their job is to go out and watch other games with people that they uh, that they are interested in. No, yeah, I think I think that's a really I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't thought about that at all. Je- Jeff, what do you think? I think you're stumbling out of something that ultimately, I guess, it will benefit players. There's a guy for um, I'm trying to find his name. He's a defensive player for North Dakota State, and apparently, he's like a stud edge rusher. And he's basically, I mean, he's going to just transfer up you know, this year and play his senior year for a really good team. So, I mean, isn't that kind of like the goal of this? It's kids like that or kids, you know, like you said, maybe a kid at a place like Utah that wants to go play for Tennessee his last year and then try to ball out. Like, ultimately, I think this is good, but I do agree with you, Kyle. I think it's it's already sketchy with, like, Twitter recruiting and Snapchat and all these, like, weird, ambiguous ways you can contact kids. So mm-hmm. I'm sure people are going to be backdooring conversations and things and and just to be the optimist (laughs) you know dylan gabriel wouldn't have started this past year if if what's his face hadn't shattered his leg and i think even just going further back into that magical 2007 season matt grothy for south florida was their third string quarterback (laughs) And, and 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 i bring it up because of this if there's a starting quarterback at a usf level that maybe Alabama or Tennessee or Oregon or Stanford decide to see and that they want to snatch up, that, while it, you can definitely count it as a loss for the South Floridas of the world, also adds a, an opportunity for every player on South Florida to then step up. Hey, I am all for that part of it. I think that yeah. that's great. And I, I, I don't advocate for the... Uh, the sitting out a year deal it's i think it can be kind of stupid especially when i mean you're looking at it in college basketball right now with syracuse you've got a kid in elijah hughes who redshirted his sophomore year because he transferred in from east carolina he's a he's a junior right now he's gonna have his degree by the end of the year what is his his uh incentive to stay around for his senior year his his like senior year eligibility wise unless he wants to go to grad school so I I feel like that part of it where, you know, you can still have that four year experience. You don't have to worry about do I want to stay and play play football for, for one more year and take grad classes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You can you can kind of avoid that uh that situation. But at the same time I just feel like there there's gonna be ways that the system's gamed with this. Mm-hmm. And that, that worries me a little bit and I think that I feel like it could be considered tampering having having scouts go out to games to watch watch other players, but 
all day they could say like hey i'm just out here watching the game yeah i mean what's to stop them from just looking at youtube highlights though too that's true other than they can't hand money well i guess you could you just get on cash app or venmo Venmo. yeah (laughs) yeah i i think um to kind of bring up another example of a reason i think this is good we're not too far removed and, and i forgot the player's name I didn't know how to Google it right, so I couldn't find it. But there was, I believe, an offensive lineman that tried transferring schools. And he tried transferring, I think, to a school in Virginia because that's where he was from. And his mother was sick. His mother had gotten cancer or something oh, like it's that. the tight end from Illinois. Okay. Oof. Was it Virginia? Did I have the state right? No, he was from, he was playing at Tennessee, wasn't he? Oh, dude, brother, I if I Googled it right, I would have been able to tell you. His name but was Ethan Wolf. I know that's the player's name. Ethan Wolf. That's yeah. it. So it was a family situation, him moving back, and they didn't accept his transfer proposal. So I think right. he ended up either sitting out a year or he might have just ended up having to graduate and get done. Like, I can't remember what ended up happening to him. But for a player like that who's absolutely dedicated to Illinois, for instance, if something were to go wrong with their family back in Virginia, Texas, another part of Illinois, whatever, it'd be nice to have that in the bag just in case and not have to try to file appeals for a transfer request with the NCAA, which we've seen in that same year. Yeah, because he was, it was the same year that Tate Martell got awarded the eligibility to play immediately. And he didn't, I want to say. Well, that's because Tate Martell is just another worldly talent. Man. Right, but why, but like, why, yeah, why one and why not the other? This at least adds some protection on it. And I saw that there was another disagreement, or not disagreement, I'm, I'm not using my words great today. There was one that said, won't this make coaches have to re-recruit their own roster? They're doing that now anyways. Right. I mean, you, you have to, right? But there was a piece on The Athletic, and they talked about this, and there was a Wisconsin volleyball coach, and he's he's been there for a long time, but he's dealing with this rule already because it's allowed in volleyball. <clears throat> and I quote, I look at it like this. As a coach, it's my responsibility to create an environment where people want to be here and they want to stay, Sheffield said. If there's a time where people are leaving, then I either did a poor job of communicating about their role or I did a poor job of recruiting. In a lot of cases, that's on me. There's going to be some exceptions where some people or some outside influences are going to get in people's ears. That's certainly going to happen on the fringes, but I don't think we legislate on this on the fringes. And I thought it was just using that example, and I think it was uh, uh, Kelly, the new USF coach, in an interview, he spoke about the same thing because Clemson didn't have any transfers out, really. They didn't have to. They didn't have to fight it as much as the Alabamas have, because of the environment they built. Yeah, but it's a little old Clemson. Yeah, they're the exception because I mean, one, it's kind of apples to oranges to compare a volleyball roster that has what 15, 20 scholarships with a football roster that has eighty-five. I mean, every looking at the transfer portal page right now, like every school has churn. So I, I do get his point, but. You always have transfers, even without the portal. And now with this, I think, yeah, you're going to have more, but you're never going to retain 100% of your roster year over year. No, but I do think it's important that coaches focus on the environment that they're putting out there. Yeah. I think that, I think there's, there's benefit to come out of that at least, you know, if, if 
I don't know if the things that were happening at Maryland under Durkin would have happened if he had to be cognizant of the type of environment to retain players. Because mm-hmm. he did some disturbing stuff. So do, do we want to move on? Do you have any other points on this one-time exception transfer policy? No, I think we can move on. So the next part of our show, uh, interesting or key transfers that we maybe think can make an impact. I have a list here of a few people. I assume, Jeff and Kyle, that you both have a few people you want to mention as well. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll so have correct. some repeats here. <laughs> Jeff, why don't you lead off? So the first one, uh, when I was perusing the list, I, I remember hearing about it when it happened, but then I f- totally forgot, was KJ Costello transferring from Stanford to Mississippi yes. State to play. You made all our lists. <laughs> <laughs> it just he had a really bad year last year, but the year before I think he was the best quarterback in the Pac twelve, is that fair to say? Or if not, he was up there? He was, I would argue that he also had a really, really good receiving core mm-hmm. that year that helped him a little bit. But he was at, not the best quarterback in the in the Pac twelve that year. That was a young best. man by the name of Gardner Minshew who was playing for oh the guy who, who, who KJ Costello's going to. Uh, I forgot. Noted Jacksonville Jaguars fan Kyle. Yeah. Uh, that's he a good point, though. Country. Okay, so so he was so he, he went was to the Heisman voting. <laughs> I don't remember second at all. best, second best Pat. Well, I mean, honestly, I, it's a given Minshew for a totally quarterback. Slow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting transfer, if only because. We all agreed, really cool signing for Leach to get at Mississippi State, but that it was going to take some time. And maybe this transfer helps ease that transition. Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should help bridge the gap. At least give them somebody in there that they feel comfortable enough with running an offense, and you know maybe they can eke out six, six, seven wins. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good one. And and to that point kind of building right off the back of it De, uh De Eric King who I don't think did we all say when he decided to sit out that he was definitely going to transfer because <laughs> yes. I think I thought I think I thought he was going to stay <laughs> and he was adamant I yeah, thought he was uh, going to go to Oklahoma <laughs> oh yeah Oklahoma was the easy option yeah for sure uh, I think him going to Miami and their offensive overhaul that is presumably going to be happening I think that's also going to help keep Manny at that job another year because I don't think he can afford to have another really poor campaign and Derek King might be the game changer, especially in the ACC. Yeah. There's some pretty weak defenses there. So yeah, yeah he's got, they're going to play Syracuse eventually. Kyle, they are going to play one. Syracuse. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go stay with the quarterback and let's go to uh, Felipe Franks. Going to Arkansas. Ooh. So, I don't know how to feel about this because Arkansas is an absolute train wreck. I don't think he's going to be good enough to do anything great there. I mean, he's he's a guy. He's big. He's I didn't guy. think he was good. At, I didn't think he was good at Florida. And yeah. I, and I might be wrong, but I didn't like Florida's chances. And I think it showed something how much their offense improved once Trask took over. I think Felipe is probably going to be a fine quarterback for Arkansas because at this point they didn't have anybody. <laughs> they, I think they rolled out four different quarterbacks last year. They, Wasn't one of them uh, Jerry Jones's nephew? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
um, or grandson, uh, what are the chances that Jerry Jones gets like a like a hitman to go down there to take out Felipe Frank so that that uh, his, was it who is it is it John it's his grandson yeah John yeah. Jones John Stephen Jones yeah. yeah maybe yeah I think that Jerry's gonna hire a hitman it's gonna be Roosevelt yeah they had five quarterbacks um, they had five quarterbacks play last year one of which uh, Nick Starkle transferred to San Jose State, I believe, the team that beat them in Arkansas. Uh, but they also had <laughs> He liked what he saw. Yeah, he thought, he thought, there's a program I can get behind. And was at the San Jose State. They might have recruited him during the game. Oh. Yes. Ooh, you know what? That's exactly, yeah. They uh, they were already there watching him, and they just said, this is what we need. The fix is in. Them by- <laughs> the fix is in. Uh. Yeah, I think he improves. I think he improves purely because of that offense, right? The Browse offense will probably be beneficial to him. Yeah. I think it's going to be good for Arkansas because at this point, I don't know who they have other than John, the aforementioned John Stephen Jones, and I think they want to give him another year before they start him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he signed elsewhere, to be honest. But I think he might have. <clears throat> one of the big I, th- I think he has a bigger impact for Arkansas than Costello might at Mississippi State really only because Arkansas's floor they're so far down I think Mississippi State has more to work with and I think Costello makes a difference but I think that Felipe might make a bigger one but I he could just as easily get hurt two or three games in again I, I I, I don't know. Do, do you think he's good enough to make the people around him that much better? I think I think Kendall Bryles is good enough to make him and the people around him better. Okay. That's probably it, it, this is probably me me speaking more fondly of Bryles than it is. You've been very speak- fond of all of the Bryles. You Not, love, uh, well, I do you love, love the Bryles. Everything that they've ever been about. I, no, no, I, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 how this? Uh, I'm gonna kick you off the fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> the I'm not even gonna defend myself, except that on the field, the Bryles, very good coaches. I won't speak to anything else, but I don't agree with what happened off the field. They're men of integrity. <laughs> they won the Petrino Award. So moving on. Uh, wait, 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 have, wait, wait. Art Bryles uh, spent some time in Italy. Do you think that he was patient one of of a uh, coronavirus over there? No, <laughs> did he spend time in Italy? Yeah, he was coaching like a weird like men's football <laughs> team over there. It's why well, yes, it's, it makes sense. He was a spread genius. It's no wonder that it's having such a direct effect in Italy with the spread <laughs> concepts he introduced, <laughs> which could also be be attributed to Italian cheeses. <laughs> so. Do y'all want to stick with quarterbacks since we're we're kind of rolling through them at this point? Uh, there's one more I really want to talk about. Because yeah, let's do it. Chase Bryce. He's going to Duke. I've only seen him once, and he made me very sad. He was the guy that they brought in when Syracuse knocked out uh, Sunshine. Not this past year, but the year before. And he led a, uh, led a furious... Uh, Drive down the down the field at the end of the game to uh, to get the win down in Clemson. Um, he was fine. I, I I just don't know like what to really expect out of him going to Duke because I didn't really get that much of a look at him. You know, 
the fact that he's being paid, paired with David Cutcliffe makes me kind of excited to see what's possible. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me think that he's probably going to be, by the end of the season, and by this time next year, I'm going to go ahead and call it and say that he's going to be rumored to be a top one or two round. He's going to be drafted <laughs> in the top two rounds in the NFL. Jeez. Because of what David, <laughs> because not not necessarily what he's going to produce on the field, but for whatever reason, man, David Cutcliffe. The Cutcliffe rep, yeah. He has such a reputation. And as much as I hate to say it, Daniel Jones wasn't terrible in the NFL last year. Yeah, he's not awful. Maybe he was, Which made me really sad on the inside. Yeah. I'm happy that he's going to get a chance to start somewhere. And it's kind of neat that it's at Duke. Maybe maybe they'll get to a bowl game this year. But he did seem... I watched that same Syracuse game, and he did seem... The moment didn't seem too big for him. And no. it helps when you have Clemson's machine behind you and that talent. Well, it was also Travis Etienne decided to, that it was... <laughs> That the second half was, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm really, really good, and I'm just going to completely carve up this defense. Yeah, he ran for like 20 yards per carry in that fourth quarter, if I remember that. If that's the game I'm thinking. Yeah, it was really frustrating. <laughs> we were so close to being tops of the ACC that year. So, different conference. No, you know what? I guess it's kind of tied to the same conference. Jamie Newman yes. left... Wake Forest, and he is now going to be the Georgia quarterback. Do we think that Kirby is going to allow him to do that ugly-ass read option (laughs) where he's sniffing the center's ass before he actually hands the ball off? Or do we expect a bigger thing? Yeah, there's no chance, right? I don't know if I'm going to expect bigger things. He did really well. At Wake yeah. Forest. I don't know how he's gonna fit into George's offense. Yeah, not not how it's currently configured. It won't it won't go well. No, and I think they've I think I've seen as much that they're expecting the offense to not get overhauled, but to have adjustments. Like who did, to, who did they hire as their new OC, do you know? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I can go ahead and Look it up. Todd Munkin. Oh. Yeah, I give I give him a higher chance to succeed with Munkin there. Yeah, if they let him. If Kirby Smart, yeah. Yeah. Let's him do his thing. If Kirby is at all like the old Saban, he will let them go as far as they're going to take it. But the minute that they falter and it puts the defense in bind, in a bind, I could see them going completely back to vanilla. Yeah, which I hope doesn't happen because Newman's a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no pro- I have no problem with him. I just I thought it was just a weird transfer for them to make. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, give us give us someone, and then I'm going to start reading off some from the uh, from the college football subreddit. This guy is probably on your list. Um... Quincy Roach, Roche, Roche from Temple, transferred to Miami. No, he's think, not on my list. I think he had like 10 or 11 sacks last year for Temple, so should do really well in that, in Manny Diaz's defense, so I'm excited well, to see. I guess in that does. 10 days that Manny Diaz was at Temple, maybe he got in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> so call me in a year. No, that's really interesting, because Miami needed a little bit of help up front. Mm-hmm. 
And if that helps supplement it at all, that's really great. All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to go through a couple here. I still have some more on my list uh, that I don't want to dive too deep into, but we have one from uh, user Yo Bro Free Beer for Your Boy. It's <laughs> a who's big in, name. That's a, it's it's. I'm surprised the character limit didn't apply. Uh, Nebraska fan, and he suggested that. Literally any kicker that decides to transfer from Nebraska. <laughs> There's another one on here. So I, I asked this question of the college football subreddit, and I got a lot of really good responses, but I noticed about half of them were from transfers that happened last year, but they're actually able to play this year. So we're still going to include them. But this is one of them. Uh, from user Nuclear Waffle, who is an Oregon <laughs> fan. Jeez. Uh, Devin Williams, a receiver from USC, transferred, and he sat out a year, and I think he's going to be a really massive target for Tyler Schuff. Schuff? Show? S-H-O-U-G-H? Schuff? Schauf? <laughs> it might be Shoe. Show? Shoe? Ooh, Shoe is probably it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Tyler Shoe is such a boring-ass name, though. So, Schuff it is. I hope it's Schuff. Uh, from user... <laughs> This is the most Big Ten fucking answer. From user Hawkeye Niner, who's an <laughs> Iowa fan. Koi uh. <laughs> Kronk, who transferred from Indiana. Borderline NFL guy who's probably a guard in the NFL. But I hope he'll solidify the line with Werf's departure. Offensive line schemes are so different, but Kronk could be the difference between competence and a really good group in, in the offensive line. So leave it to the Iowa fan mm. to do a hat How- tip. How big and white is this guy? Koi Kronk. Koi Kronk. Big and very white. He sounds like a villain from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because if he's big and white, then he's probably going to do great. He's a big white tackle. There you go. He's going to be fine. He was was seriously injured, though, so I mean, I don't know how... He's been eating corn. He's fine. Like, I think he'll have a good year. I don't know if he's going to be elite. He's going to be fine. He's been eating all of the corn, all of the wheat. He's been just eating brats. He's fine. A little, a little sidebar. When I looked up his picture, it showed a lot of the uh, the Indiana script helmet with the white script over that red helmet, and it is it is beautiful. It is Super really clean. It is really clean. All right, so back. Uh, I'm going to jump onto my list, and I know this is on Kyle's list too, or he at least mentioned him. Uh, running back from Alabama, Jerome Ford, transferring to Cincinnati. Uh, he was a four-star, number 12 all-purpose back when he got recruited, and he is taking over for Michael Warren, who declared for the NFL draft this year. Any That's running back, sh- it really could be. And Cincinnati, they love them a running back. <laughs> and if Ford, I mean, I think I feel like any Alabama running back, if they transfer, they're going to do well, especially in a conference like the AAC, which half the teams have shown they cannot defend the run at all. <laughs> yeah, he might have a field day next year. Yeah, and at the front of that <laughs> line is SMU to just let anybody run through. Despite what What's-His-Face said, the fucking analyst. Who was it that I got in the fight with? <laughs> oh, man, oh, I can't remember who it was. I can't either. He's a former defensive back, though. Like a long time ago, I think. Uh. All right. Not gonna, not gonna sweat it. He's an ESPN analyst, though. But he, he edited me on Twitter. So <laughs> you showed I, him. I won that. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, did you, you did. No. Okay, good. Yeah, like well, a history, history, yeah. 
history will show me is the one correct in this situation, which was that SMU's running defense was not capable, even though he insisted that they were capable. You just kept on sending him the stonks get a, a meme yeah, over and over again. Yeah, yeah. He's he's insisting SMU's rushing defense is good as Tulsa is gashing us for thirty yards <laughs> a run, just over and over and over. <laughs> Because we had sacked the South Florida quarterback like nine times the week before, so it made our numbers look totally spectacular when they really weren't. <laughs> before I jump back into Reddit, do you have anybody else? I do have one, and I, want, I don't know if it's on your list. Do it. Just do it. If- so it's a guy that you and I had talked about as our two schools were going to fight over him. But, <laughs> He's uh, on my list. <laughs> yeah. Michael Williams, defensive tackle transfer from Stanford. Um so Stanford had like 30 guys transferred, but it's because none of their seniors can get into their grad program. So I think he'll Is be that good. Why? Yeah, I was I was reading a little bit about it. Um, but he'll be a good player. He's a, a four star out of high school from I think he's from around where uh, around Dallas, maybe. Yeah, um, he's he's uh, I'll tell you yeah. exactly where he's from. He's gonna be a great I think a great pickup for SMU to try to shore up that run defense. Yeah, he is from. Yeah, he's from Fort Worth, mm. which so explains it. Yep. Yeah, he's from. Uh, he went to All Saints Episcopal, which is a pretty good program. But yeah, that, that, I wasn't expecting to beat Michigan out on a transfer, but I'll certainly take it, especially the aforementioned rush defense needing help. <laughs> uh, Michael, it, it is a shame that he's got a name like Michael Williams because I feel like that's easily forgettable. But I will certainly take it. Uh, kind of in. A similar vein and under the radar, uh, there's an offensive guard named Ryan Johnson, also a boring name, and an offensive tackle from Vanderbilt named Dave, Devin Cochran. Both of them transferred to Georgia Tech, which I thought was pretty interesting. And, and Georgia Tech needs the help anyways, but getting two linemen that weren't necessarily only run blockers can only help uh, speed up that process as they continue to turn things around. Yeah, it doesn't help that they had one of their uh, receiving was there a receiver that uh, was coming in this coming year that got hit by a train and mm. died. He got killed. Yeah, uh, I, one of their recruits. Yeah, yeah, it was one of their I, recruits. I don't think it was like he got hit by a train. I think it was a uh, uh, yeah a situation um, of mental health. Eesh, okay, so, yeah, uh, I had yeah. read the initial report. <laughs> I remember when that yeah. came out. I was like, got hit by a train. What the hell? Um, yeah. First Bryles, and now I really feel like you're just not being very really sensitive. So, uh, from user, I'm not the one that supports Bryles. From um, user Ron fucking Swanson. <laughs> yes. No, go ahead, Kyle. You had another point. No, I had a, I had a uh, another transfer that I that I. Was oh yeah, go. I'm sorry. Very, very, very self serving. Um, Florida guard transfers into Syracuse. Chris Blake. He's a six six three zero five. It's nice to always get somebody that might be able to do something on the line because Syracuse's line is was dreadful was last year. Trash. I think it so, might have been the worst in the in the in the NCAA, wasn't it? For it was really disappointing. It was really <laughs> disappointing, especially after the year before when you know we were running for four to five yards a carry, and I think that Dungey kind of helped everything out with the fact that he just kicked everybody every time they came back there. So. Yeah, no. he just yeah he would jump and and He'd he would punch leap. somebody. Yeah, well, and if nothing else, that mobility makes at least one defender play on their heel. That that's all it takes to make a difference. And I feel like well, Devito is faster than Dungey. It's just that Dungey was six four two thirty and 
could beast people. How tall is DeVito? How big of a quarterback six, is... 2-6-3, like God, he 217? Read he read a lot bigger. Because I feel like when I watched him come in for Dungy, he looked like the bigger quarterback. I, 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 they might but be very du- comparable. But Dungy um, was always running, so he's leaning forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, 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 is, he always looked smaller. Let me see if I can find out. Is you you continue to go okay yeah so I, so we have uh, we have a few more I'm gonna burn through here from uh, the submission from the college football subreddit and then we'll get into recruiting talk okay Devito six two two twelve nice what a what a good sized man so from user Ron fucking Swanson who is an old Miss fan tight end Chase Rogers transferring from Louisiana he was a record setting high school tight end but ended up going to a small school because he waited for a bigger offer for too long with Lane Kiffin's tight end uh, with the offensive scheme Lane Kiffin runs his tight ends he could be a baller for us this season so Chase Rogers we got to have more original names and I, I say that as soon as I say it I think of like the 50 kids with brace is their name, but it's like a Y C C S E just real. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. When we get into the, uh, the Syracuse recruiting class, you're going to have some wonderful names. <laughs> so I'm going to save the South Carolina submission for last because I think it's the funniest, but we have user voluptuous velvet fish who is, an <laughs> I- who's an Iowa state fan. Uh, Juco defensive tackle Latrell Bankston hasn't been getting much attention, but with his transfer and top on top of Jaquan Bailey's return from injury could make our defensive line dominant this year from user Sir Shrek the Dank <laughs> Missouri fan Sean Robinson transferred from TCU. He's a quarterback uh, sat out 2019 20 season. He could be the starting quarterback this year. Any hopes of Mizzou having being bowl eligible uh, will very likely depend on him. Oh, I thought the question was just any hopes of Missouri being bowl eligible. I was going to say no. <laughs> uh, nothing. Just no. Just no. So that's fine. And finally, we have two South Carolina fans that happen to say the same person, so I had to include it. Uh, user J Thomas 694 and nice. user, user Waist Deep in Women. <laughs> <laughs> that is a South Carolina fan. That is Please definitely... Ha- Please tell me they spelled waste W A S T E. That's actually really funny. Uh, waste deep in women and Jay Thomas. Thank you, uh, Adam Prentice, a fullback from Colorado State, should play a big role for South Carolina this year. He'll probably line up as a tight end, fullback, and even a halfback in some sort of short yardage situations. I don't know how many statistics he'll record, but having a six-year guy who really knows the new offense in so many different spots in the field. Will definitely help Polinsky and our other young running backs a lot too. And I actually like this a lot too because, as he mentioned, the same offense he's been working with with Bobo at Colorado State, who's now the offensive coordinator. And I believe, not I believe, I know the Colorado State quarterback transferred to South Carolina as well. Mm-hmm. And he may be able to start immediately. And I forget his name, but it was like Colin Hall or Colin Hill. I'm going to start over Polinsky? Uh, maybe if Holinsky's better, but didn't he have like a, didn't he have, it was an ACL or what an ACL tear that he was like playing on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Colin, Colin Hill was the quarterback. Well, e- either way, even if Colin Hill doesn't play, having a year to teach Holinsky can only help too. But I imagine yeah. Colin Hill will probably edge him out and then Holinsky would take over mid year if he's not doing his job. Well, I hope that this fullback 
just, you know, fulfills all of their Fiametta dreams for them. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go to recruiting talk. I have a quiz for you guys, and then we're going to just talk about some of the placements for some of these teams. Do you guys want to do the quiz first? Actually, you know what? We have to do the quiz first because they have the rankings for some of these teams, so I don't want to waste it. So this is only going to be for the G5. Okay, So I took the best recruiting class for the American, Conference USA, MAC, Mountain West, and the Sun Belt. And I'm going to allow you guys to guess who had the best class and who had the worst class in each respective conference. Okay? Oh, boy. Okay. And I'm just going to give you the answers at the end of each conference. So it's not like this is a rolling tally or anything like that. <clears throat> okay. So the Sun Belt. Which team in the Sun Belt had the best recruiting class, which ranked 79th, and the worst recruiting class, with ranked, which ranked 121st? This is like Jeopardy. Sun Belt right now. <laughs> it's not App State is the best, is it? In the Sun no, Belt? it's not. Damn it. Hmm. It's a good okay. guess, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Who else is in that? Is Monroe still in there? Monroe is still in there. Would you like to assign them to the worst or the <laughs> worst? Best? They're the worst. That is correct. Louisiana Woo! Monroe has 121st class, the worst in the Sun Belt. If they were the worst, then what is the other Louisiana school called now? Weren't they? Just University of Louisiana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're the best, then. That is correct. So <laughs> yes. you both each get a point. Congratulations. <laughs> Starting at Louisiana and ending in Louisiana. Uh, that is that is Louisiana Lafayette. Remember, first one to speak always. wins. First one to speak wins here. In the Mountain <laughs> West, who had the best and who had the worst class? Boise had the best. Okay, that is correct. Wyoming had the worst. Incorrect. Nevada had the worst. Incorrect. Fuck. UNLV. Incorrect. Fresno? Incorrect. <laughs> You're Nan. <laughs> Incorrect. Um, Colorado State. Incorrect. Jesus, who is left? Um, do we do San Jose State? Are they in there? We you they aren't. They are in the Mountain West. They are not last place. <laughs> San Diego State. Incorrect. Here's New a Mexico. hint. In three months, what month is it going to be? Oh, that's math. I don't. I don't like that. June. Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, uh. <laughs> y'all both say it at the same time. <laughs> God, I just I was like sitting here with the Mr. Bean eyebrows, like uh, and <laughs> and. Uh, I was about oh. to say SMU. <laughs> I was like, wait, they're not. Hawaii uh. <laughs> with the worst, 127. Wow. Yeah. In the Mac, this is where it's anybody's game. In the Mac, who had the best and who had the worst class? The best was the 69th. Michigan. Incorrect. The best was 69th. The worst was 130th. (laughs) (laughs) Best Buffalo? Incorrect. Toledo? Correct. They had the best. Worst Ball State. Incorrect. Northern Illinois. Incorrect. It has been mentioned already. Buffalo. 
Buffalo had the 130th ranked class <laughs> with only nine signings. Nobody win? wants to go there. <laughs> Say cold. Again, Didn't they go to a bowl game this year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. In the Bahamas. I, it, it had to have been a situation where they have taken in so many, they must not have had many scholarships available. Oh, you said they had nine commits? Yeah, only nine. <laughs> so it had that had to okay, have been a situation. Yeah, that makes sense. And they're all local kids. Like yeah. preferred walk-ons. We had fun with the Sun Belt. It's time for Conference USA. So rack your brain on who's in Conference USA. In Conference USA, who had the best and who had the worst class? The best was 68th ranked. The worst was 131st ranked. Best North Texas? Correct. Boom. Uh, is it... Who? Where is that? Uh, UTSA? Is that the worst? Incorrect. Damn it. Correct state, though. Uh, UT... Arlington. <laughs> I don't think they have a football program. If don't worry about UT it. Arlington might have a D three school. Texas State. Incorrect. Uh, shoot, what is that school? Oh, it's so sad that everybody forgets this school. Blue and orange. UTEP. There it is. All right, yes. UTEP it is. I think you guys are tied for points. Can we just say UT Arlington for the official? Yeah, UTEP is officially UT Arlington now. <laughs> they're so close, too. They're oh, nine man. hours away. But they're, they're, uh, it's all Texas. <sighs> Kyle. In the American. In the American, who had the best and who had the worst class? Best had best. the 40th ranked. Worst had the 126th ranked. Best Memphis? Incorrect. And this may be a trick answer for either the best or the worst. So you got to really put your that's, thinking caps on. The, the worst is going to be Navy, right? Yes, I, correct. Yeah. That's the trick. Because of their recruiting. Because yeah. fucking service academies, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, best. Be um, best. This best, if, if Jeff gets this before you, Kyle, he wins. Houston. Oh, shit. Incorrect. Uh, SMU. Incorrect. Tulane? Incorrect. Cincinnati. Yes, correct. All right, it's a tie, guys. Everybody, round of applause. Round of applause. That was fun. All right. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I, I wanted to do power. I said UT Arlington. <laughs> I can do power five. Do you want to keep this going and do the power five instead? Or as well? Because I feel sure. like with some of them, it's... Okay, let's just let's just do it. Listen, we're already... Yeah, yeah, the, the worst we're, is going to be the ones that are going to be the hard ones. Yeah, we're at 52 minutes. So let's go, uh, let's go SEC. Who had the best and who had the worst? Georgia was the best. Correct. Yeah. Uh, worst the, would it be Vanderbilt? Yeah. Correct. Damn. Correct. <laughs> oh boy. Damn. Oh, Jeff is hating this. this <laughs> after, after he yeah, after he smoked us and pick them all last year, and now. <laughs> all right. In the Pac-12, who had the worst and who had the best? The best, best? is Oregon. Yes. Ooh, correct, Jeff. Worst is Washington. Incorrect. God, uh, can you imagine if Washington <laughs> slipped that far that quick? It's not coaches left. What, Washington what, State. Incorrect. They're second to worst. Worst Stanford. Incorrect. Arizona. Correct. Correct. Uh, I'm just scatter shooting now. <laughs> just, I mean, that's really what it feels like. For, for All right. In the Big Ten, who had the best? Ohio State. Ohio State. Oh, Kyle, Oklahoma State uh, is an automatic disqualification <laughs> <laughs> for that answer. But I, ch- I turned it to Ohio State you and did, said it at the same time as him. Uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> 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 All 
Uh, I'm going to give Ohio State to Jeff just to That's make fine. things interesting. Who had the worst? Rutgers. Incorrect. Fuck. Maryland. Incorrect. Maryland had the sixth best. Indiana. Incorrect. What did you say, Jeff? <laughs> Northwestern. Incorrect. Illinois. Correct. Yes. We just named like half the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Yeah. Uh, take, do you want to take, take a shot at school? Penn State, <laughs> Nebraska. Uh, In the Big Twelve, who had the best and who had the worst? Um, Oklahoma had the best. Incorrect. Texas had the best. Correct. Kansas had um, the worst. Correct. Yes. Ooh. And I think for those keeping score at home, I hope you have a better grisp, crap, grasp of it. Because I <laughs> grasp, grasp, even a grisp. We got a grasp. Okay, uh, we're all gonna know who is number one on the ACC, right? Y'all each get a guess. Go ahead. Clemson. Clemens. Yeah. Yeah. So Clemens. Obviously yes. Clemson. The worst. This is for all the marbles here because we're tied. Who had the worst recruiting class in the ACC? Boston College. Both incorrect. Damn. Wake Forest. Incorrect. Syracuse. Incorrect. Wrong. You're going up the list right now. Like in that order, 13 was Boston College, 12 was Duke, 11 was Lake Forest, 10 was Syracuse. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Incorrect. Georgia Tech had the third? Fourth Wait. Best. It's not Virginia what? Tech, is it? It is Virginia Tech. What? Whoa. Virginia Tech had the 14th ranked. Yeah. Yeah, the 14th ranked. Let's see where that puts them for the whole thing. I think it still is. Uh, it's got to be in the 60s or 70s. Yeah, that's what I'm. Man, no wonder people wanted to fire Fuente. That's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Because Syracuse in the 50s. 72nd wedged in between Central Florida and Florida Atlantic. <laughs> and right below that, Florida International. <laughs> <laughs> so much Florida. So much. East Carolina had were two spots ahead of them. Oh. Was 69th. Boy, howdy. Toledo. Nice. They would sixty ninth would be the Rockets. <laughs> You're right. You're right. All right. So let's continue with the recruiting talk. So just I'm going to list off the top ten here from one to ten: Georgia, Bama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Texas A and M, Auburn, Florida, oh. Texas, Tennessee. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, the Aggies. It's crazy to see. <laughs> Six. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Tennessee at 10. And no, it they is. They continually uh, do that. They continually do that, though. We've seen this play. They just we, need we, that quarterback from Boston. What school was your, was your hypothetical? Oh, Bill. Bill. Utah. 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 Yeah. The Utah the, Bill. Yeah. Johnny Utah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so do we see anything changing with football over the next couple of years? Your top four is Georgia, Bama, Clemson, LSU. Bye. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it surprised me that LSU – I guess it didn't. That it, it, it surprised me that they overcame Ohio State. That's the only thing that's surprising to me in that top ten. A&M makes sense. They've been recruiting their ass off. Yeah. Tennessee really has been for not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be – uh, they're they're likely going to have a higher recruiting crap, recruiting class ranking than their top twenty five ranking at the end of the year. <laughs> no, re- recruiting crap was the right thing to say. <laughs> what was their <laughs> ranking? They'll probably match their win total. What six or seven wins? Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe the oh god. <laughs> there are a lot of Aggies that listen to this show, and uh, I'm Bring on your on. side, guys. Listen, we. Uh, no, you're well, not. <laughs> it's, listen, you can you can count your recruiting position on your first two hands, so you're you're good. You're excellent. You guys, you guys can't 
trust anybody that supports Art Bryles like he does. Oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to list off a few surprises for me. Uh, some good surprises in terms of recruiting class, uh, recruiting class rankings. And if either of you want to pull these lists up, you can. Uh, we were used 24-7. I think all three of us used 24-7, didn't we? For pretty much like all the yeah. research on yeah, transfers. Yeah, the yeah. best. So, Georgia Tech at 26. Mm. A good surprise. A happy surprise. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's surprising to me. I like, it's surprising uh, just, from the program perspective, but what else do you think it's surprising for? Um... Uh, that, well, the fact that they're going through such a change. I mean, but that might be what's sparking it, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, that's that's really about And just the fact that they've been so far down for so long. Yeah. It interests me the most because it's also a hard school to get into, like, for education. Yeah, it's a good school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really good school. You put tech at the end of it, and it's usually a pretty good school to go to. Yeah, Texas would like to have a word. <laughs> <laughs> Texas has entered the chat because Texas Tech, but like Stanford at twenty one, makes sense because a it's a prestigious university like Georgia Tech, but they've also had a history of winning for the last ten or fifteen years. Georgia Tech, it yeah, it absolutely shocked me in a good way. It's nice to see them improve. Minnesota at thirty eight also interests me. Kentucky at twenty three interests me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Stoops, Stoops is doing well. Stoops That's is doing uh, really good. Something in the water down there. And yeah, one in right the east. The over east there? Is, it's it's anybody's game at number three or two in the east with yeah. Florida and everybody else. Ah, I could see somebody overtaking Florida at some point. Kentucky. One, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jeff. I'll say one that I heard a little bit about that is right behind Kentucky is Arizona State finishing twenty four, and they had I think seven or eight four stars they pulled out of California, which was really impressive, including Chad Johnson Jr. That's because Herm Edwards is playing to win the game. Yeah, I mean Chad Johnson Jr. is in like Ocho Cinco yeah, Jr. Yep. Get out of here, dude. I yep. uh, hope he does better than most of the other juniors that have come through. Because does that make him Ocho Seis? Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you love to see it, guys. You love to see it. Uh, that'll do it for us, guys. Have a great week. Um, UNC Charlotte, eighty-eight. Just having a top 100 recruiting class to me is pretty cool. Yeah. And I've got – I'm going to shift into the bad surprises, and we can Ooh. speak more about it if you want. And we already kind of named some of these. So Buffalo at 130, we kind of discussed it, but it's a, still a former FCS and even Division three. I think, is where Wisconsin-Whitewater was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Leopold having a little bit of an issue. And then Wyoming at 114 was kind of disappointing too. But I try to look at the positives of things, and that's where the recruiting classes were probably ranking when they were at the North Dakota states of the world, too. Mm-hmm. So they'll yeah. they'll do fine. I just wish, I don't know, I'd like to see those guys that came from the bottom of football actually rise up and not just have to keep grinding out two-star players at some so, point. Uh, I'm going to put in that same list a Temple at 97. That really it feels like a huge drop. Yeah. Because they feel like they, they're consistently a team that's right there on the edge of the top 25, maybe pushing a little bit further, 
you'd think that they'd start to get better quality. I mean, and it's not like the lack of players. They got 19 three stars. Right. But. They're in a good region, too. I mean, you're on the east coast of Pennsylvania. Like, yeah. You're close to the the northeast, but still close to, like, Virginia and all that. That's surprising. I'm going to look up just historically, but I think it also. I don't think Rod Carey is very good at recruiting. No, that was never his jam. And that and that's kind of a bummer. Um, let me look at Team Temple. I'm using collegefootballdata.com for anybody that's interested. It's really great for pulling this up. So can can we also say that anybody that was lower than uh, uh lower than Connecticut is real real shit? <laughs> Where is Connecticut? Connecticut was. 119, so that includes Hawaii, Nevada, Fresno, Ball State, Buffalo. Yeah, that's a Utah. that's a bummer. That's not it really so, is. I mean so Tim- UConn might lose us lose their program. So I'm gonna go with, with Temple about the time that they really started being consistently good. Okay, so I'm going to look at 2010 coming towards 2020 and list their overall recruiting class rankings. Okay. And you'll be able to identify the Matt Rule years pretty quickly. Uh, 95th, 83rd, 74th, 77th, 69th, 80th, 59th, nice. then 119th, 83rd, 105th, and then 97th. So nice. the last four years... Have been all over the place. Have been lower than yeah. Then have have been lower than any of the five years previous to that, which I think might have encompassed Matt Rule. Let's see. Rule was twenty thirteen to sixteen. Yeah. As soon as Rule left, they went to one hundred nineteen. Like the, the I mean, power of Matt Rule. That's a tough one, but I mean, you'd still think that, like, especially with the fact that they've seemed to kind of maintain though. And they're still not they're they're not creeping back up into that. I expect them to be in that like fifty to seventy five range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with how 80, consistent they've been, or eighty eighty being your your ceiling. I think yeah, the ceiling is the roof. I, Thanks, give Michael it, Jordan. I think by by the end of this season. Well, by the end of next season, so the, t- the 2021 season, if Carey is still there, I'd expect them to have completely fallen off talent-wise, especially in the AAC with how competitive it is. I think that's the other difference. You know, the American wasn't around necessarily when Rule was doing his thing in 2013 and 2014. They're so they're hanging out in, what, the Conference USA, or are they independent? Uh, they might have been. They were not independent. I believe they would have been probably Conference USA. Uh, MAC. Were they in the MAC? They were in the MAC before they were in the Athletic. Wow. Or the American, mm. rather. And then the Big East before that. I don't know which came first, MAC or Big East. It was definitely no. They were still in the Big East when that decided to die a slow death. No, Temple left. God, I don't so, remember. It so was such a dark the, time. They were in the Big East as late as 2012. It was the Greg Robinson years. <laughs> <laughs> were they in the Big East, guys? Uh, <laughs> Illinois at 87. Uh. After, especially now, after you brought up Arizona State, seeing another NFL counterpart 
smoking them recruiting wise. Yeah. And I know Arizona State's probably a little easier to recruit to in terms of environment, <laughs> but Illinois eighty seven's about- rough. What about Houston at 82? You think that's what they envisioned bringing in Dana Holgerson? No, that's that's not good. No, he never had a, just a fantastic class at West Virginia. I think he's his avenue for success there is going to be the transfer portal at Houston. It's going to have to be. Kind of like what SMU did. Was it this year that you guys had a lot of really good transfer players start? Or was that last year? Well, let me take that back. So, uh... Let me look here. I'm just doing some... Don't mind me. So when Holgerson took over, it was 2011. And West Virginia, since 2011, their classes were 52, 35, 30, 39, 35, 39, 57, 35, 48, which would have been last year. So yeah, that's a huge drop-off. And I know that that's... That that's power five and you're, you know, G five, but Yeah, but you wouldn't expect that you'd expect once again to be in that fifty to seventy range. Right. That's their worst recruiting class since twenty fifteen. Houston. Jeez. Like and they they have a nice stadium, right? And good like either good facilities or good facilities on the way, I think. I think they have above average and they got a lot of money that is still Coming being in. used to yeah. yeah, to to improve the facilities. That's surprising. Yeah, they had they had a 36th ranked class in 2016, and then it was followed by 69, 73, 72, and then the aforementioned uh, 82. But they kind of been all over the place. Just looking at it, since these recruit rankings have been followed since 2000, they've never been any higher than that 36. But they've also never been any lower than 89. So their home is just. Their home is just 35 to 90, any spot in between. <laughs> that's a huge range. That's a, that's that's a huge thing to say. Yeah. Uh, we're getting towards kind of like a minute. I'm sorry, an hour and 10 minutes. Do you guys want to wrap this up with one more school? Sure. Yeah. USC at 55. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. They only had 13 commits. Jeff, whose fault is this? Whose fault? It's Urban Meyer's fault. <laughs> it's He's still up in a cage. Urban Meyer's fault. He's, He's still locked in a cage in somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just that's crazy to me. Like, you know, in the early two thousands, watching the Pete Carroll teams just loaded up with five stars, and then, then this. This is just. Whew. Since 2000, their previously lowest-ranked class was 20th, and that was back in 2001. <laughs> that was and the then they John did 20th again. Years, yeah. yeah, and that was 20th again last year, and now they're at 55. You know, I feel but how like... Many, how many commits did they have, though, in, the, in those time periods? I mean, that's, that's something question. you got to look at. They, they only yeah. had 13 this year. They had two four-stars and, and 11, and 11 three-stars. Now, where that's a little bit lower than what you'd expect out of a USC, but still, I mean, when you don't have the volume coming in. Yeah. Yeah. These recruiting, these this list doesn't show the composite, like the average. So I just have like 181.01 as the recruiting points. And the year before, it was 243. So that's yeah. probably another five five yeah. kids or so. Yeah, last year they had 25 recruits. 
commits. Yeah. Okay. So, so so it's probably a combination both of the number of recruits and maybe just maybe the fact that since the beginning of last season, everyone in the media, including USC, has been saying that they're going to fire their coach, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and they, then didn't. they didn't. Yeah. yeah. It's because they couldn't get Urban Meyer out of the cage. <laughs> they couldn't win. They couldn't win the battle. Who was they it? Couldn't what was, find the key. Was it Florida State and USC that you had State, in the USC. hypothetical bowl game that fought yes. for Urban Meyer? <laughs> yes. Well, he was hanging in the in the stripper cage above the above the above the field. Yeah, it's it's tough at fifty five, and if they retain their coach again, do we want to guess whether or not it's going to be better or worse than fifty five? Because I think that they're. They're sleepers to be able to win the Pac-12 this year. It'll be 100% better because they're going to have more scout, more uh, available scholarships to assign people. Maybe they, yeah. may, maybe they need Bill from Utah. Maybe. So for for this year, they have one five star and two four stars committed for the new the 2021 class. They're already off to a better start than they were last year. So that's a, that's promising, but you know how many do you lose if you do get rid of the coach too? So like, yep. uh, yeah, fifty five man is tough. To be tenth in the Pac twelve is even more telling. But kind of nice is that UCLA is thirty two. This is going to be the last year. I think they're going to give Chip. I, I said that. I think I said before that they said they were in a five year plan. With Chip. Yeah. And this will be year three, if they're I'm not ba- mistaken. They're bankrupt, though. Did you see that article that came out? No. Season? Yeah, their athletic department is, like, really deep in the hole, money-wise. So, I wonder if Chip's part of that. Should yeah. they cash in all of their chips? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, so they don't, have a, they don't have an option. It's going to have to be Chip, then. Because they won't be able to afford that buyout. Yeah, unless someone else wants to pay it, and I think no one, I no one would actually do that. No, I think he's the shine has worn off on him. Yeah, which is a which shame. Sucks. Uh, it was he was so fun. Yeah, I think there's still, if nothing else, last year proved to us how volatile the Pac-12 is, and how poised Oregon looks to be to really grab a grab a hold of it. And with your Oregon and Washington and your Utahs, UCLA firmly cemented as number four if USC continues this trend is a possibility. And if you're stuck with Chip for a long time, he's shown that he can build a long like the long game for a program. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really exciting though for the recruit class ranking. Certainly. And I right, think I think we should uh go into our to our specific teams. Real real uh Yeah, go ahead. Real go Snapchat ahead. Snapchat. Let's, let's, so do, let's I, do your Syracuse, then we'll go uh, I'll do SMU, and then Jeff, you want to follow with Michigan? Yeah. So Syracuse had a, you know, an okay recruiting class. You know, nothing, nothing wrong with a 59th overall, especially where they were last year. You know, I'll take it. I'll run with it. Uh, they do have some really, really fun names and some guys that I'm really excited about. So uh, one of the guys I'm super excited about, he's a 6'5", 210 receiver. Ooh. Out of uh, Florida, uh, Damian Alford. Goodness. He's the type. Of, he's the type of kid that does well at Syracuse. Jamal Custis, Steve Ishmael, uh, Emba Adetawu when he came in. Those big receivers tend to do really, really well there, uh, and he could be the next in that line. Um, in the uh, 
name game, we've got a running back named Marlo Wax. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kind of hope that he keeps it. He's like a third down guy, so he has to keep on coming off and coming on so they can say wax on, wax off. Wax on for the short yardage attempt. Wax (laughs) off for the short yardage attempt. (laughs) Oh, they got a hockey player. They got Kevin Lemieux. Yeah, they got Kevin Lemieux. (laughs) Yeah, defensive end. Uh, I, I, they do have an athlete. His, he's going to be a receiver. His name is uh, Trevor Pena. Uh, nice. I love that name. And he's yeah, he's he's a little speed dude. He's going to be a uh, he's going to be the heir apparent to Sean Riley. At you guys, uh, you got dude. You got no. Cool I know. Back? I know. I know. Oh, hold exactly on. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Going. I know yeah. exactly where you're going with this. Um, and it's something that we desperately needed because we got two quarterbacks in this in this uh in this class. Um, they're both three star kids. We needed guys behind DeVito. Uh, one of them, his name is Jacobian Morgan. He's a 6'4", 200-pound kid out of uh, Mississippi. Uh, the other guy that Marty just got real excited about, it was Dylan Markowitz from McKinney North, Texas. McKinney North, my alma mater, baby. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, the receivers coach for that team, I know. Uh, do you want me to try to get some word on Dylan, whether he's an idiot or not? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. He's he's uh, he's coming in. He's six four and a half, two fifteen. Another pro style quarterback. Um, I was happy to get bring him in. Uh, another guy that I love. He's a German player. Yeah, yeah tight yeah. end Maximilian Mang from like six legit seven Germany. Legit yes. Germany, six seven, two hundred and thirty pounds. Maximilian Mang. Nice. Well, if if there's any Eastern European crossover. The guy that SMU brought in years ago was fantastic for us, and he had like never played football before he got to SMU, and he was, was actually, he was also like six eight, like he was huge. Well, I'm expecting him to have like probably good footwork and be able to kind of get out there, and which would be great at six seven two thirty. Um, also, there's a bit of a Charlotte uh, contingent going on there. We got a kid from Mar- Mallard Creek. Uh, That's right down tackle. the street from me. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you guys got Jeff Lips. Got a kid from Matthews. <laughs> Uh, J- Jihad Carter from Matthews, and also got a linebacker from Vance named uh, Stefan Thompson. Also, uh, a WWE crossover. You've got a wide receiver from Hollywood, Florida, uh, like Dolph Ziggler. Well, that was Damian Alford. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. We also got another kid from Montreal because apparently we love Canada. A safety. A safety. Named Ben Labrosse. <laughs> or Labrosse, maybe. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it pretty pretty short on uh, on SMU. So we had a pair of junior college guys that were teammates. Devere Livingston, who's a defensive end, and Dimitri Jordan, who's a guard. They're both really going to be able to step in. And I think Dimitri might be able to start immediately. Devere should at least be a rotation guy. But the guy that I got most excited about, uh, because I'm an offensive Fan, a la, you know, the Bryles discussions earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we picked up a receiver that was a JUCO transfer that had already committed to TCU. And we convinced oh. him to back out of that commitment. And his name is Danny Gray. And he Tampering. is the third ranked receiver uh, to come out of the JUCO rankings this year. And he is like stupid fast, apparently. So excited to see him come in and potentially start with Reggie Robertson immediately. And they have Granson, the tight end that they've, they've already, they've still got. That is a uh, 
a really fast tight end as well. So the offense is going to look really fun. They also got a safety from Oklahoma named Ty DeArmond. Pretty excited about him too. Any help helps on defense. Honestly, you you could get a scarecrow and it'd help put him in center field. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much all I got for SMU. Jeff, do you want to round this out with Michigan and send if us you, home? If you did have a scarecrow out there playing safety, would you put the hat on top of the helmet? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> no, I think no, I think you have to have the hat under the helmet. But then his hair looks like Trevor Lawrence, like come out of the back with the straw. <laughs> you never, you never thought about uh, about deep, deep safety uh, logistics with a scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to think of. Or yeah, your your uh, your third safety on there for the nickel formation and him being a scarecrow. Exactly how you dress him. That's uh that's one we'll take throughout this off season and, and work through as a team together. Guys. Would 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 he have a brain? Like, I mean. Wizard of Oz told me that the that the scarecrow doesn't have well, a brain. S- listen, SMU has excellent, ex- wow, excellent education, <laughs> uh, which is why I obviously did not go there, as you can tell by the way I'm talking right now. Uh, there's no way a scarecrow could cut it. Seriously, it'd have to be at yeah. least a uh, a cowardly lion. From what you like. said, that they're they're going to Texas Tech instead. Yeah, they're. <laughs> Maybe UT Arlington. It's Texas State. No, UT Arlington's a good, good. Uh, they have good education too. They, yeah, they but they might take them to boost up their program. <laughs> it's it's a, their first signing is the like scarecrow. Is scarecrow. Jeff, why why should I be excited about William Mohan? <laughs> William Mohan is a bad man. Um, no, Michigan's class. Um, one thing that I'm really excited about is some of the receivers they brought in. Um, AJ Henning was the Gatorade player of the year in Illinois. He's only 5'10, 185 pounds. And then they also brought in a guy from Hawaii um, who's six foot, 170 pounds. So um, the emphasis on the receiving core is speed and lots of it. So I'm really excited for that. Um, there's also two names that I just loved um, a linebacker named Osmond Savage. Like when you have a linebacker oh. last name Savage, yeah, I just think it's a great strong. fit. Uh, and then they, they got a, def- a defensive end commit um, from New Jersey. Uh, and being a big Stained fan, I can't wait to call out Aaron Lewis's name every... <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, I'm really excited for him. So, uh, they're on a What position does he play again? He's a, a defensive end, strong side defensive end. Okay, so whenever, whenever he uh, gets a sack, like if it's been a couple of games, are you going to start yelling, it's been a while? <laughs> he's just uh every celebration after a sack is going to be him shoveling mud <laughs> gonna, uh, is, uh, <laughs> uh, underrated name is reese atterbury <laughs> for the center that you guys brought in <laughs> yeah. uh kalel mullings sounds like a fake name all right so I think oh there that was that's my computer telling me that there's virus and threat protection. So thank you, computer. That I was think just gonna scarecrow. do it for us, right, gentlemen? That was Bri- that was our Bryles trying to get into your computer. <laughs> oh no. God, that is if you're uh if you listened all this way and you enjoy the show, please take a second to subscribe, iTunes. Write a review if you'd like. Throw us a rating. It's all really helpful. Yeah. Otherwise, Maybe reconsider you, your life decisions. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, if, and, and if you just want to like it and you just want to subscribe to us, that's cool too. We really appreciate it. And if you want to tell a friend, 
that also is great. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Kyle and Jeff are going to say goodbye, and you'll hear from us soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD.